Welcome to The Daily Drive, a podcast from Ford Driving Skills for Life that delves into teen driving safety tips and instruction. This podcast will also highlight community awareness campaign ideas and personal stories of tragedy that have led to advocacy. We'll have conversations with the people who work to keep teens safe on the road every day. People like traffic safety experts, parents, teens, and professional driving instructors. And with that, I'll turn it over to professional race car driver and the lead for Driving Skills for Life driving instructor, Mike Speck. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to The Daily Drive, presented by Ford Driving Skills for Life and the Ford Motor Company Fund. As part of our continuing coverage on topics that are related to what has become known as the 100 deadliest days for teen drivers, it's that period between Memorial Day and Labor Day, our topic today will be work zone safety. Now, let's face it, We've all been on the roads during the summer and we've seen those work zones, work construction taking place on our roadways to make them better. We see the cones, we see the reduced speed limit signs, but do we really understand the dynamics of a work zone? And do we really understand the dangers that are involved? Well, our guests today are gonna be speaking to us about those very topics. Uh, we have Brad Sant, Senior Vice President of Safety and Education with the American Road and Transportation Builders Association. We also have Jerry Ullman, Senior Research Engineer and Program Manager with the Texas A&M Transport Institute. They're gonna to talk to us about what a work zone actually consists of. And they're also going to tell us what we as drivers can do to keep ourselves safe and to keep those work zone sa uh, workers safe as well. Work zone safety is up next on The Daily Drive. Hi, gentlemen. Thanks for joining us. Glad to be here. Thanks. Yeah. Brad, can we start with you? Maybe describe the mission of the American Road and Transportation Builders Association. Sure, thank you. Yeah, the American Road and Transportation Builders Association, we are created nearly 120 years ago. And the real purpose originally of the association was to develop a road system that connected every state capital to each other and all those state capitals to the national capital. So really it was the developed to create the interstate system and still, our main purpose is to advocate for a strong national transportation system, whether that be roads, railroads, ports, airports, whatever it may be, to improve the economy and to also improve the transport of people and goods across the network. So that was the really big purpose. We still advocate for that. But right hand in glove with that is advocating to make sure that system operates safely so that the people that use it and the workers that repair it and maintain it are safe when they do that. So I live in uh, Southern California and I was just driving from Phoenix to LA along the 10 freeway oh, about a week ago. And I was amazed at the amount of construction that's taking place on the 10, roughly 95 miles of nonstop uh, construction. Brad, staying with you, what time of year uh, does most roadway construction take place and, and why do they choose that time of year? Sure. Well, of course, that depends geographically where you are, but just simply the construction process and the materials we use 
require that we have warmer, good weather. So typically early spring to mid fall is when most roadway construction takes place across the country. But as you indicated, if you're driving across those Southern states and Southern California to Arizona, that can be going on year round because the weather conditions allow for that. Uh, Jerry, let's kind of move kind of over to you. I'm kind of wondering, um, look, we all know that there are dangers around work zones. I mean, it, we've been told that, but I don't know that people really understand it. So are there dangers there that you don't feel that people really understand? Yes, I, I, I would agree with that. Uh, part of it is, is, is a, a lack of, well, it, it's, it's, it's an inability in some cases to properly perceive what is actually going on in the project. Um, there, there may be uh, things not even on the travel lanes, but right next to them that, that have removed uh, safety appurtenances or, or things like that. Or there may be a pavement drop off that as long as you stay in your lane, you're going to be okay. But, but as we know, we, we sometimes have issues uh, uh, and, 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 you know, vacate our lane slightly uh, because we're not paying attention or, or anything like that. And, and, and that could cause significant uh, issues, safety issues. Uh, we've got work activities entering and exiting the workspace that uh, can be uh, equipment traveling very slowly uh, and, and things like that. So uh, very, quite a range of, of, of hazards that can exist uh, in, in a work zone on any given day in any given location. Yeah, so and, and, oh, I say if I might just add to what Jerry was saying, I mean, we go to great pains to make sure that as you're driving from Texas to California to Minnesota, wherever, that the roads look and feel the same. Well, when you enter a construction zone, all that goes away and the roads aren't the same and they can be configured in a lot of different ways. So, you know, that message of expect the unexpected is really important in the work zone. Um, let me let me go back to Jerry real quick since we brought up the topic of hazards in the work zones and since you had said that uh, occasionally you know there are issues are there statistics national statistics on uh, vehicle worker collisions that are available we have quite a bit of data on uh, the fatal crashes uh, the the states are required to report all fatal crashes to the to the federal government who collects those statistics uh, they indicate that uh, you know, over the last five years we have significant 16% increase in, in work zone fatalities over the, the last five years. Uh, there are uh, uh, many uh, vehicle worker collisions. Uh, are, those are a little bit more difficult to identify because of the, the differences in, in how that type of data is be, be, being collected and, 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 and collated and stored. Uh, but certainly 50 to 60 workers per year are being killed by uh, being struck by vehicles in work zones. And then you've extrapolate that out, uh, you know, thousands of, of workers who are being struck and injured uh, and, and tens of thousands of, of motorists who are being injured in, in work zones every year. Yeah, I have to be honest with you, I had no idea that the numbers, uh, that the scope was, was that large. Um, Brad, going back to you, considering the dangers that way, um, the work zone workers themselves, what type of training do they get in order to minimize those dangers? Yeah, well, so the U.S. Occupational Safety and Health Administration, or OSHA, 
it requires that every employer train their workers in the hazards they're likely to face on the job every day. So that is a federal requirement. And so most of the time when workers start a job or when the season begins again, they're going to get some basic orientation training. And then depending on the roadway owner, so a toll authority or someone like that, they may require additional training, courses that we call like an OSHA 10 course or an OSHA 30 course. And that just is a generic term for the amount of hours of training that they have. But the challenge that our industry has over like say different segments of construction is that we don't we can't put up a chain link fence and keep the public out. You know, we are working right next to cars that can be traveling at very high rates of speed and often just divided by a cone or a drum. So we had those struck by injuries and fatalities that Jerry noted. So there is a lot of training. You know, I can't say with specificity how every company does it, but most of them do that training. And then they'll even have every morning a little safety huddle or a toolbox or a, what they call a tailgate talk or something like that, where they'll talk about the hazards they're likely to face. So there is quite a bit of training that goes on, but the environment is also very dangerous. Uh, Jerry, going back to you, so we know the hazards are there. Uh, we know that the work zone workers are trained on how to avoid those hazards. So that really leaves one component left, and that's that's us, uh, us drivers on the roads. What can uh, drivers do to help to mitigate some of those risks? Well, you know, that, that, that's a really good point, and that is the 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 pressure point for, I think, improving work zone safety, 99% of crashes are the result of behavioral uh, errors, errors of judgment, poor driving uh, decisions, poor driving behaviors. They, they fall out into a, a number of categories that I think most everyone understands are high risk activities, speeding, following too close or tailgating, and then the 4D behaviors, uh, driving drowsy, driving distracted, Driving drunk or driving drugged are all big contributors to the to the work zone safety problem. So, so obviously the the way to do that is is, is to to remember that that work zones can change at any moment. Uh, it, it could you could go through a work zone ten times in ten days, and it it you don't even know that's there. And then eleventh day, they could be doing something, loading equipment, uh, materials totally changes the, the operating condition. If you're not paying attention, if you're driving too fast, driving too close, uh, the, the chances of you being involved in a, in a crash, injuring yourself and or uh, one of our highway workers is, is highly, highly likely, unfortunately. So on the Ford Driving Skills for Life program, uh, both its online component and on our hands-on programs, we draw that correlation between velocity, uh, distance covered, and then the time that you have to react. And as as speed increases, you simply can't react quickly enough. Uh, but on a broader scale, it helps, we think, if a driver is mentally ahead of the curve, if they have the thought process ahead of the curve. So I'm wondering, Brad, uh, to help them that way, are there resources that can tell drivers about route planning so that they know ahead of time and they're already in the right mindset, hey, I'm going down this freeway, I know there's gonna be some construction there. Where can they find that information? Perfect, so most state departments of transportation have that type of information available and it's really easy. There's a 511 number that most states you can call and get information and it will help with route planning. 
But, you know, we've also been helped here a lot with technology and companies, you know, people like Waze and Google Maps are starting to automate those processes and, and allow you to put information in the users in real time so that they can note where those active work zones are and where there may be a traffic queue building, that type of information. So, yeah, what you've advised here is spot on that if you're going to plan a route and especially if you have a time constraint, you ought to be looking at that a little bit ahead of time to make sure you've got the best route and there's no construction that may be thwarting your efforts just so that you don't get frustrated and be tempted to take on some of those dangerous behaviors that Jerry warned against when all of a sudden you find that you're going to be a little late than later than you planned for. Yeah, we tend to say a lot that driving on the street is largely an emotional behavior. <laughs> and many times those emotions are stimulated based on a, what a, uh, they perceive to be as a lack of time, uh, something that came up on them that they that they weren't expecting. This has been terrific information. I can see that people might want more. So Brad, can you tell me uh, where can people find more information on your organization? Sure. Well, two websites there. So for information on the American Road and Transportation Builders, that's www.artbeth.org. And that's more of the broad information about the association and all the various programs we have, including safety. But for those who are really focused on just the work zone safety aspect of it, that workzonesafety.org.org, that's a partnership we have with the Texas Transportation Institute. Jerry and I work very closely there and the Federal Highway Administration. And you know, we like to say that is the largest online resource of work zone safety information in the world. So there's tons of all the safety data that Jerry was talking about, it's there. You know, best practices, um, safe training programs, posters, all that kind of information is available on the clearinghouse. In fact, it's a few years old now, but we even have a teen driving safety program that helps them in work zones called Turning Point. And there's some information there. So lots of good information on workzonesafety.org. I appreciate your time to uh, discuss these topics. We know they're important. Summer is quickly approaching and, and we know for sure uh, that newly licensed drivers are gonna be out on the roads. Uh, and with COVID kind of lifting, we know this is gonna happen as well. People are tired of being cooped up. They're gonna be out there on the roads. Thanks so much for your time. Appreciate the information. Hey, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Take care. All right, everybody. So that was our segment on work zone safety. Again, uh, covering the 100 deadliest days for teen drivers, that period between Memorial Day and Labor Day. And unfortunately, as uh, both Jerry Ullman and Brad Sant pointed out, um, the statistics show that they're going to be problems. So you as a driver can take that as a sense of personal responsibility. Do what you can to plan your route. Don't do the things that you know you shouldn't be doing when you drive. The three Ds that uh, Jerry pointed out, you definitely wanna make sure that you slow down uh, as you approach these work zones. And then the other thing is just think about the workers there. Those folks have families. Uh, they're there for their job. They're trying to make your road better so that traveling is easier for you. And then they want to go home and see their families. All of this uh, programming through the daily drive is made possible through the Ford Driving Skills for Life 
greater educational umbrella. It's all free of charge. And the Ford Driving Skills for Life program includes an online component that you can reach at drivingskillsforlife.com. And you can also go over to our academy on that website. The other component to the Ford Driving Skills for Life program is free of charge, hands-on driver education that's available to any teen with a valid license or permit. None of this would be possible without support and backing from Ford's philanthropic arm, the Ford Motor Company Fund. This is Mike Speck for The Daily Drive signing off. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you back here the next time. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Daily Drive, presented by Ford Driving Skills for Life. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook at Ford Driving Skills for Life and on Instagram and Twitter at Ford DSFL. You can find a video version of this podcast on our Facebook page or on YouTube. We hope you'll tune in again to this podcast for news you can use to keep teen drivers safe on the road.